Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rock podcast. I'm your host, Yvette Hampton, and this week we're rebroadcasting an episode we recorded in March of 2020 with Eric Hovind. In this two-part episode, we discuss science, apologetics, and evangelism. If you want to know how to strengthen your kids' walk with the Lord and teach them how to point others towards our Creator, this episode is for you. Enjoy it, and don't forget to share it with your friends. Eric, welcome back. Thank you for being with me again today. Yvette, thanks so much for letting me hang out with you. You are a lot of fun, so I can tell your listeners are used to having a a lot of fun listening to your podcast. That's got to be really cool. Yeah, it, you know, it's really funny because sometimes I'm like, is anyone even listening? Because we rarely <laughs> hear from people, but then randomly I'll just, you know, run into somebody and they'll say, oh, you listened to the podcast today or, oh, that one podcast was so good. I'm like, oh, yay, people are actually listening. <laughs> it's so, not hey, just Schoolhouse my Schoolhouse Rock podcast listeners, I'll tell you, so she doesn't have to, send her a note, let her know you appreciate this. I'm telling you, as somebody who travels and speaks, I mean, I, I get to go all over the world, and man, there are times where I feel like, am I doing anything yeah. at all? Okay, so send her a note, let her know. <laughs> thank hey, you. Thank you. Appreciate it. That, I'll give you that plug because I know what that well, means. Well, thank you. Yes, it hey, is It is a huge blessing. My mom, we were in staff meeting earlier today, and my mom, who I guess works for me, but I think I more work for her. But anyway, um, she, she said, hey, let me share this testimony. So she ter- shared a testimony of somebody who watched a video that I did probably 19 years ago, and wow. they're watching it right now in Malaysia, and wow. they're loving it. And I'm like, what? So, <laughs> hey, you never know. Maybe 19 years from now, you hear about somebody who, uh, who listened to your podcast and got encouraged. That's well, I hope so. And um, even if I never know, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, it's just <laughs> exciting to know when um, God is, is working in the hearts of people um, because of the ministry, you know, of Schoolhouse Rocked and what he's called us to. Um, and so that's partly kind of what I want to talk with you about um, today is why do you do what you do? And, and maybe let's back up really quickly. So for those who actually didn't get to hear the podcast last week. Just can you give kind of a brief description of what you do? Yeah, I'm the president of a ministry called Creation Today, where we use creation, or we use science and scripture to try to really bring these together in people's minds in a creative and unique way, uh, and show them that the, the creator of the the world is the author of the word, and this tells us how things happened in the past, how we should live our life today, and what's going to happen in the future. And so we really want to compel people to understand we need to be living according to God's word and use. Really, our whole goal is to use the, the science, use creation, uh, the world around us, as a means of evangelism, to, to share the gospel with a world that desperately needs it. So that's kind of what creation today does in a nutshell. Yeah, and we do it. that in all kinds of different ways. I love it. Uh, you know, you mentioned knowing what's going to happen in the future. And I was just having this conversation with my daughter a couple of nights ago. And I said, you know, the, here's the neat thing about being a Christian is that we're in a war. We are in a serious 
culture war today. And and of course, I mean, there's always been a war going on. You know, you've got God and Satan and they've always been warring with each other. But there is something really, really brewing today. And it's pretty, it, it's, it's concerning as a parent. Um, but at the same time, I said, the exciting thing is that as followers of Christ, we know who's going to win this war. And it's not very often that there's a war or a game, unless it's fixed, where you know who's going to win in the end. And in this one, we know who wins in the end. And then we get to decide whose team we're going to play for. And we can play for the winning team or we can play for the losing team. But we get to be on the winning team and, and praise God that we have that opportunity to be on God's team. I mean, he's He's the greatest team leader, you know, and I mean, you think about when you were a little kid, you know, and you were playing, you know, tag or whatever, and people were picking their teams and you were always like, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. You know, you always, you didn't want to be the one left out because, and you definitely didn't want to be the one who was picked last, but God picked us all. I mean, he, you know, Jesus died for all of us. And, um, you know, I, I see that you have a heart for evangelism. Um, I, I do too. I, my heart grieves for people. Um, when I meet people and I see people who don't know Jesus, I don't usually get irritated with them. I get, I, my heart just gets sad for them because I think you don't know what you're missing. You don't know this great God that I know. And so I know much of what you do with creation today is not just making science fun. It's not just coupling science with God's word, but it's really going out and and the whole purpose of it is to lead people to Christ. As a matter of fact, I, I saw on the front of your website, um, you're kind of, I guess it would be your slogan is impacting eternity by engaging our culture with truth. And that's what it's all about. It's engaging people. It's impacting people's lives for eternity. It's why we're doing what we're doing with Schoolhouse Rocked because it's not that homeschooling is the answer. Homeschooling is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. And homeschooling for, for our family and for so many other families is is a way to help guide our children, um, to guide their hearts towards an eternity with their Savior. So so talk about creation today and why you, why you do what, what you do. And then I want to talk about how Genesis plays into, because we talked in the last podcast about the importance of, of Genesis and a Christian worldview, how that plays into sharing the gospel. Wow. Well, you stole one of my answers last podcast. <laughs> I'm stealing one of yours this podcast. Do it. Your whole be on Team Jesus, and uh, you get to pick which side you want to be on. There's a lot of parents that need to go have a conversation with their kids over dinner like I'm going to have tonight and just give that analogy. I love that analogy. I do what I do because the longer I live, the more I realize the only thing that's going to matter is what I've done for Christ. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's going to matter is what I've done for Christ. I look at, I got friends that are, that are medical doctors. I got friends that have millions of dollars. And every once in a while I say, can you share? (laughs) And, and, and they go, look, if I could, when I retire, you know what I really want to do? I just want to do what you do. I just want to do ministry. Yeah. I mean, I've got, th- there are so many people that wish they could just plain do ministry. And I'm like, I- I'm, I'm doing it. I- I- I'm, I'm blessed. I get to just do ministry. It really is a lot of fun. It really is great. It's what a lot, I think it's what, the, the more you think through your life and what life is all about, and maybe this comes with age or it's just maturity, I don't know. I, you just start to realize Nothing matters right. except for what I've done for Christ. I can't tell you how many times I just, I go, 
I just need to get out of here and go witness to somebody. I just need to go share the gospel with somebody. Yeah. I appreciate what you said about not feeling angry at people, but feeling sorry for them. Mm -hmm. um, I allow debates to take place on my Facebook page and Twitter. Oh, that's just a mess. Uh. Social media out there. And, and I engage in the conversations on social media and in, and in person. And people sometimes, especially after watching maybe one of our debates, they'll say, how do you stay so calm? How do you not get so aggravated with them? And I go, let me, let me tell you something. It's easy. If it weren't for the grace of God in my life, I would be that person arguing with me. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. I, I am, it's been said that evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread. Mm. And I am one beggar in life telling other beggars in life wow. where to find the bread of life. And it's found in Jesus Christ. And that is the simple the simplicity of an evangelist is you've got something that you didn't deserve. You inherited something you did not deserve and you need to go and share that with other people. Matter of fact, uh, I'm not supposed to do this yet. We have not released this yet, but I've been practicing <laughs> with this. Okay. Um, <laughs> is this I like a special for Schoolhouse Rock listeners? This is a special <laughs> okay. because I have not released this yet. I, I had an idea three years ago. And we just created the idea. So it's, a, it's, it's not even out there yet. So just created this concept. And this concept, I wanted to be able to tell the story of what God did for me, but make it tangible for other people. And so we created a card that's got a cup of coffee on it. And on the back, it just simply says, why I bought, I don't know if you can see that, why I bought your coffee.com. Mm. And when you go there, you read a story. So here's what I'm doing with these cards. And I think we're going to release this and, and encourage other people to do it. I've been spending, my wife would say, way too much of my budget. She's right. I've been spending money buying people's coffee and giving them this card. And when they go to whyboughtyourcoffee.com, it takes them through a very simple, I hope you'd be curious. Somebody did something for me one time that, you know, that I, gave me a gift that I didn't deserve. And I just wanted to pay it forward in hopes that maybe you'd hear my story. Wow. And then it, it goes on and it shares the gospel and I'm blown away. It works. That's I mean, awesome. I've done it in drive throughs and while people are waiting on their coffee, they're on their phone looking up this website, whyiboughtyourcoffee.com, and they're getting to experience the gospel message in a tangible way. So um, I'm always looking for creative ways to, yeah. to share the gospel, but yeah. I, I am, so you buy someone a cup of coffee and then you hand them that card. Yeah. And let so them either. Either I like to pay for the person in front of me, that uh -huh. way I know what they ordered. I don't know if the person behind me is, you know, buying for the whole office right. or not. So <laughs> I go, hey, do you mind if I get that for you? And I hand the, hand the cashier my card and I say, hey, can I, can I give that to you? Hey, have a blessed day. I don't say anything else. That's I don't awesome. The conversation. I don't tell them what it's about. And the responses that we've got, oh man, it is precious. That's amazing. Absolutely precious. So you guys can check it out. Yeah. And, uh, at some point, um, at some point, I'll have a an about section on there where it may be on there by the time you guys air this. I don't know, but I'll, I'll put an about section on there so that people can actually get these cards because these cards are uh, at. Uh, we're gonna, I think we're yeah, we're probably gonna do it. Put them on our website, creationtoday.org, on our shopping cart, and let people get these cards yeah. so they can experience. That so, is such a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Because um, I, I mean, man, I couldn't agree with you more. It's all about Jesus. Everything like. Yeah. We talked in the last podcast about our purpose in life and about how the atheistic point of view is, you know, they have no purpose because they were created for nothing. And so what's the point of life? And as a Christian, it's the complete opposite. 
and, and I've said this on the podcast so many times, but I'll keep saying it because I keep saying it to my girls and I will never stop telling them this until the day I die or they die, that God created them on purpose and for a purpose. And God has such a great purpose for them. And his purpose is different for every one of us. Everyone has been given a gift or a talent or an ability of some sort by God to further his kingdom. You know, right now he has our family using our gifts and talents to make a movie about homeschooling. Yeah. And it's not easy. I mean, I'll, I'll, I know you've been there. You've you've done ministry. You've done business. We're just like you coupling those things together, business and ministry. And it is hard. It's really yes. hard. But there's nothing else that I or Garrett would rather be doing than serving the Lord. And we can, you know, you can serve the Lord by having a nine to five Monday through Friday job and, and telling people in your office about about him. But if you're going to work every day and you're not doing anything to further the kingdom and further the gospel, what's the point? Sitting in church next to a bunch of other Christians on a Sunday morning isn't really impacting God's kingdom. And so as a Christian parent and as a homeschool parent, it is my greatest desire, one, to point my kids towards Christ and then to teach them how to point others towards Christ. And so I love that idea of, you know, why I bought you coffee. That's so cool. I definitely, I would totally get those um, and hand them out to people. Um, but, you know, just finding other ways to tell people. I was so frustrated with myself the other day because we had gone to, um, we went to Culver's. It's like our favorite little fast food. Do you, do you guys have Culver's where you are? We don't have them down here. No. We got Chick-fil-A. We don't have In-N-Out. We don't have Culver's. Oh, man. So well, well, we get those. I'll be a happy camper. <laughs> well, in and out, excellent burgers. We're from California, so, oh, so you um, know, yeah. we we are we had an in and out about one minute from our house. We we actually used to walk oh. there for dinner, uh, but anyway, we were at Culver's and there was a, a lady and and it might sound like a silly story, but she was big pregnant and I could tell she was ready to you know pop any day and I so I just struck up a conversation with her at the at the fountain and I um, at the drink fountain. And I said, Oh, you know, how much longer do you have? She said, Oh, I'm due in a few weeks. And I said, Oh man, that's so great. And we were talking about, you know, just the joy of being parents. And in my mind, I was thinking, you know, one of the things when I first became a parent was looking at this child that I so I deeply loved. I mean, I, I did not, I, I love my husband with all my heart, but it's a different kind of love with your child. And I never knew how deep God's love was for me until I had my own child in my arms. And we waited 11 years to have our first baby. We didn't wait. That's how long it took us to have our first baby. And so for 11 years, I had waited to have this child in my arms. And so then to have her and to look at her just deep into her eyes and have this deep, deep love for her. I remember the moment that I that she locked eyes with me for the first time. She was probably a few weeks old, I don't know, maybe a couple months old. And I, I literally, I remember sitting on the couch and, and I was feeding her and looking at her and she locked eyes with me. And like, I almost wanted to cry because that love that I had for her was so incredibly deep and passionate. And, and I remember thinking, how much more does God love me? Like and that pales it, compared to God's it love. It pales. Yes. Yes. And so back to the story about the lady at Culver's. I wanted to say that to her and I wanted to say, oh, you know, when, when we look at our kids and we love them and, and when I looked at my own child for the first time and, and when I finally locked eyes with her for the first time, like I understood God's deep love for me and, and we kept talking and then we kind of went our separate ways and afterwards I was like, why didn't I say that to her? Like, what was I afraid of? Because I'm not afraid to tell people about Jesus, but, but that little 
fear came in. I don't even know what it was. And I was so irritated with myself because I thought maybe she really needed to hear that today. I don't know if she was a Christian or not. I mean, nothing led me to believe that she wasn't, but nothing led me to believe that she was. And, um, and on the same hand, you know, nothing led her to believe that I was. And so, um, I think finding opportunities to tell people about Jesus are important. And and I want you to tell your story because I've heard this story before about, um, about the, what it was America's first monument to atheism. And when you stood and you (laughs) proclaimed the gospel, I've actually seen, um, part of the video of that. Cause that's the one that you have on video, right? I do have that on. Video, yeah. So yeah. tell us yeah. that story. Cause that, that's a pretty amazing story. <laughs> well, I, I'll be honest. I'm, I, I got the same problem. I mean, I, there are times where I am scared to death to, to share the gospel and I don't think I'll ever get over that. I think there will always be a fear of, of rejection of, mm-hmm. um, of what are they going to say? What are they going to think of me? What are they going to um, do? Yeah but it is my love for them and mm-hmm. my love for God that, that, that helps me overcome that fear. Um, Ray Comfort uses the analogy, could I convince you on a, on a freezing day in Alaska to jump into the ocean knowing that the temperature is you know six degrees outside and the water's really cold, could I convince you to just, hey, just jump in? No, but could I convince you to do that if there was a boy, a little four-year-old boy who fell in, you know, uh, or, or fell through the icy lake, could I get you to get in there? And he said, yeah, of course. And it's our love for people that mm-hmm. compels us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm just trying to make it a little bit easier to love people and share the gospel with that card. It just takes some of the fear out. Just mm-hmm. bottom of coffee. Um, I, I was, <laughs> so the story that you're referring to, uh, a couple summers ago, they, uh, the American atheists announced that they were going to be dedicating the very first monument ever in the history of America to atheism uh, in uh, July or June or July, uh, a couple, several summers back. And it was happening in my state, the state of Florida. Mm. I thought, you got to be kidding. <laughs> they, the very first one right here in my state. And I thought, I, I, should, I should go hang out with the atheists. I enjoy going to their events and things like that, engaging in conversations with them. So... So I went to where they were dedicating this monument. They, they, they made a, a bench out of it. So it's got like a column over here and a little bench that comes down. And I'm standing there as uh, we talked to people before. They did their little ceremony, you know, and then atheists clapped and they unveiled the bench and everybody's cheering about the bench. And, um, and they, they did it as a response to the Ten Commandments, which they tried to get removed from there. They sued to try to get it taken down at the uh, Bradford County Courthouse. They didn't get it removed. So they said, well, we're going to put up one anyway as well. And so they put up their monument. And I remember standing there and they had all gathered around and David Silverman, the president of the American Atheist, was sitting there on the bench. And one at a time, atheists were coming up and he'd put his arm around him and they'd get a picture, you know, as they <laughs> sat there on the bench. And, and I just, I, I don't know, I, I guess it was just the, 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 the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I remember just thinking, you know, there's a lot of atheists here right now. Somebody should just share the gospel with them. Let them know the truth that, that Christ died even for their sins, according to the scriptures. And um, I'm looking around and I literally did this. I literally looked <laughs> back and all of a sudden I'm like, oh no, God, you, you want me to do this? There's no <laughs> way. There's no way. I can't do this, God. This is too much. And I'm looking at their bench and all of a sudden I realize, wow, that whole side piece, that's, that's like a big giant 
you know, four and a half foot tall podium that you could stand on. I mean, that's like the perfect little podium to rise yourself above the crowd and, and get everybody's attention. And if you they listen, just cause you're up there and I'm sitting there debating in my mind, is there any, what would you say? How do you start this conversation with these atheists who are obviously not going to be happy about the fact that you're on their bench? And I thought, Oh, they love tolerance. They love to talk about tolerance. I wonder if I could encourage them to be tolerant of me standing on their bench. So <laughs> What actually triggered it for me, uh, this is God's sense of humor here, David Silverman, the president of the American Atheist at the time, turns around and he sees me and he says, Hovind, are you photobombing me? And I went, well, God, I guess that's my sign. <laughs> so I didn't say anything. I stepped up next to him, stepped up on top of the bench, and I said, I'd like to thank the American Atheist for providing a place for us to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord <laughs> to the glory of God. And then I just said, I'd like to thank you for your tolerance, you know, and they, that's, they talk about tolerance. And then I just, I just proclaimed a very simple, short gospel presentation. Wow. And all of a sudden I realized the American atheist tolerance doesn't last very long. They started yelling and swearing and they said some things, they said some phrases that I don't think are even physically possible to accomplish. I mean, they <laughs> came up with some incredibly creative things and, uh, I got down and I went, well, I, I didn't. I wasn't trying to gain notoriety or attention or anything like that. I just wanted them to know. And I got down to, oh, that was kind of it. Um, well, the next day, the headlines in the news media, apparently I, the, the atheists were pretty mad at me because I kind of stole their thunder. They wanted their, mm -hmm. all the media attention to be on the monument. And right. instead of being on the monument, it was on, whoa, this creation evangelist was on top of the first atheist monument preaching the gospel. And so it kind of stole their thunder a little bit, but um, nevertheless, it, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Was I scared? Yeah. Before I got up there, this literally event, this went through my mind. I went, if they do something to try to hurt me, cameras are rolling. I think I'm just going to have to let it happen. Hmm. I think I'm just going to have to let something happen. And while I'm standing on it, this kid comes up and he grabs my legs, my feet like this. I mean, it's at his head level. And I'm like, oh my goodness, God. I'm about to go down really hard right now. This is going to hurt really bad. I looked down at him. He looked up at me with, and it was literally one of those evil smiles. Like I'm about to do something to you and I could care less about how much it's going to hurt you. And I'm like, okay, God, I just kept on preaching. And the next thing I know, he just let go. Wow. Like, oh, wow. Thank you, Lord. But I think I had to prepare myself. I mean, think about it. That day that I stood up there, mm -hmm. I'm just standing on a monument preaching to atheists who, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to get mad at me. Maybe they might throw something at me. Right. Maybe they might, you know, knock me off and I'll fall down. That very day I stood up there, there were people that had their heads removed from their body mm -hmm. because of their stand for the gospel. Right. So I think to them, I think to the real martyrs and I go, I, I think we should be a little bit more bolder in declaring the truth. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, Heidi St. John, uh, I know a lot of our listeners also listen to her podcast and have heard her speak at conventions and such. And, you know, we just finished filming Schoolhouse Rocked with her. And um, the thing she says all the time, it's it's time for us to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Amen. And it's scary to be in a battle sometimes um, because we're we're so unsure. You know, we feel like we're, you know, are we prepared? Are we, are we going to, again, I mean, back to the, you know, there's two sides of the war. We know that are, we're on the winning side, but still it might hurt. And and some people are going to go down in the process of it. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because before I 
before we got on today, I, I was thinking through a couple of scriptures that God has really just been moving in, in our family. We've, we've been memorizing these and, and studying them. And I'm right now, I'm reading the book of First Samuel. And, um, and I read this the other day and it, it said, it's First Samuel verse 12, uh, or chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. It says, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord, it will be well. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. And all, and and I've been going through this with my girls and and having them kind of repeat it with me. You know, if we'll fear the Lord and serve Him and obey His voice, it will be well. I mean, that's what God's word says. It's going to be fine. No one can take our salvation from us. Yeah. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, "This is what you do, step by step." And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. So as parents, then that poses the question, how do we do that and how do we teach our kids to have that kind of boldness. And so I, I would love for you actually to answer that that question because I know you've been in that situation. You've got kids at home, you're teaching that to them. And, and I would love for you to talk about this from the perspective of dad, of leader of your home, discipler of your family. How do you go about teaching your kids? You know, again, Ephesians 6, 10 through 17, put on the full armor of God because we're in a war. How do we prepare our kids? How do we prepare ourselves first to get off the bench and onto the battlefield? And then how do we prepare our kids to do the same? Great question. Uh, Dads, I'll tell you this, this really does fall on you. You need to be the leader in the home. Uh, I'm not always the boldest that I should be, but my children know that I'm genuine. They know that I'm not a hypocrite. And if I act hypocritical, I apologize to my kids. I am not above needing to apologize to my children. I think that example of that, that uh, being able to apologize to them, being able to show them what it looks like to share the gospel, I think that has done more for my kids than anything else I've ever done, <clears throat> than, our, than our times of devotions, than our times of, of family meals. I, we love family dinner every night. We, we that has been it. They've watched me. I tell people all the time, if you want to learn your faith, if you want to mm-hmm. learn the Christian faith, share it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee if you start sharing it, you will learn it. Mm-hmm. And you can do it in that order. Start talking about why you believe what you believe with somebody. And, and I promise you're going to go, I need to learn a little bit more. And you'll go back and you'll learn more. <clears throat> the um, uh, ADD, I had a thought there. Uh, but <laughs> if, if, you, uh, if, you, uh, if you want to learn your faith, then share your faith. I'm convinced. I, I tell you, I've got so many videos of my kids. Us at we live here in Pensacola, Florida, so we go to the beach at different on different occasions, or we're at different events in downtown Pensacola, and we take gospel tracks. The Bible mm-hmm. says a man's gift makes room for him or opens a door for him. And so, when you have something that you can give as a gift, we have these little. I don't have any on me, but these little uh, cards. That's just a circle, and on it it says "Round to it." Please take mm-hmm. care of it. And on the back. 
it gives the gospel message. And my kids love handing those out because they're so easy. You say, hey, did you get one of these? And it's a circle with the round to it on it. They say, no, I didn't. Say, do you know what it is? I say, no. I say, it's, you say, it's a round to it. You know all those things you say you're going to go get done when you get around to it? Well, that's your round to it. People wait their whole <laughs> life for this thing. And my kids love handing those out. Um, and I, I'm, I'm convinced that just that act, passing out tracks and sharing the gospel with others and mm -hmm. letting them hear my conversations with them has done more for them than anything else. I, I really do. Every time I watch my kids hand out a track or engage in a conversation with somebody else mm -hmm. about that, I go, God, my job on earth is done. I, I feel I feel completely accomplished, not not because of who I am, but because of what you're doing mm -hmm. in the lives of my kids. God, you can take me home anytime you want. I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm watching my kids share their faith with other people. It doesn't get better than that. It really does. That's right. That's right. There is no greater joy than knowing that our children are walking in truth. And, um, and, and, and and people are going to say, well, how do I know what to say? I mean, that's all part of I, I use Ray Comfort's Evidence Bible. If you go to creationtoday.org, <laughs> you'll see this is one of the only Bibles that I carry because I love it so much. <laughs> In here, he answers hundreds of common objections that you're going to get while on the street. Ray Comfort has spent 40 years on the street witnessing to people. That's all he does. He goes out twice a day now, every day, twice a day, wow. and talks to students about their Christian faith. And uh, or, uh, about about Christianity. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the, the way to open the door is one with a tract. And then you can say something like this, instead of saying, are you going to heaven or hell? Or do you know where you're going when you die? Just say, hey, do you believe there's an afterlife? Can I ask you something? Do you believe there's an afterlife? Boom. You are in a spiritual conversation. Mm -hmm. You have not mentioned heaven, hell, or judgment. And you're in a spiritual conversation just by asking that question. Hey, do you think there's an afterlife? Well, where do you think you're going to go? And then you're instantly in this conversation, which is where you want to be. Now you can learn tools and you can learn things that'll take you and make you a better communicator of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We yeah. should always be doing that. But if you haven't started, for heaven's sake, get started. Yeah, yeah. And and there are a lot of videos I know of you and of Ray Comfort, Kurt Cameron, you know, lots of people who go out and evangelize on the streets. And sometimes it's doing what you did, where you literally stand up on some kind of a podium or something and just start preaching truth. But other times it's going up and, and talking to people face to face and just engaging people in conversation. And so I know from for myself, that's been a real encouragement is sometimes, you know, Garrett and I will just watch videos um, of you guys doing that. And after you watch them so many times, you just kind of get used to it and go, oh, it. okay, well, yeah. that's that's how you do it. It's like anything else, you know, you, you kind of practice it, you know, in a sense in your mind by watching someone else do that. And so that's a great way uh, for people to be able to do that. We'll link back to the Bible and, and some of your videos and stuff as well. Um, I want to ask you one more thing, because you, I mentioned earlier that you've got this video on your website that I watched, and it's called Visiting Satan's Playground, College Campuses. Um, and this is something that we're really passionate about. Again, you know, like I said before, we we fully understand homeschooling is not the gospel. The gospel is the gospel. Jesus is the gospel. That's what matters, is pointing our kids towards Christ. But at the same time, we are in a state of our culture where the secular education system that our children are encountering is so detrimental to them. And I know people want to say, you know, well, my my kid's teacher is good. My my child's teacher is a Christian or, you know, they they love my kid. Yes, 
Yes, that's true. In many cases, there are good Christian teachers and administrators out there. I know that we know many of them. But parents are putting their kids in a secular institution. And we're not just talking about K through 12. We're talking about universities as well. Can you talk very quickly, because we're almost out of time. um, Can you talk about how our secular education system is damaging the hearts and souls of our kids today and, and really having an impact in culture? Yeah. If you don't know the stats, somewhere between 65 and 80% of kids that grow up in a Christian home and then go to a secular college will reject Christianity after one year of college. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm convinced of this. The reason 65 to 80% of kids of, uh, of kids that are raised in Christian homes reject God after one year of college is because 65 to 80% of kids that grow up in Christian homes are not Christians when they go to college. And right. I'm absolutely convinced of that fact. I agree. Um, the, the universities are set up to create what's called group think. So you're put in a classroom with a bunch of other students and everybody's kind of wondering what's going on. And then you have a professor that says, here's the truth, evolution, no God, da, da, da. And everybody kind of goes, yeah, that makes sense. And your kid goes, huh. Okay, I guess that makes sense. So they're literally designed Mm -hmm. to create an indoctrination um, environment rather than an education environment. And that is incredibly important for you to teach your kids. Here's what's coming. Uh, Matter of fact, sorry to do another plug, but I got to do it. Go on, do it. (laughs) We've got a curriculum called College Prep, and it's not to prep your kids for how to do in college, it's to prep them for what's about to happen Mm. in college. Uh, creationtoday.org slash college prep. My entire family has gone through this. It's set up so that you actually compete against other family members. You get five licenses when you order this. And it is amazing. The very first thing you go through, it's a whole bunch of videos, short, you know, two to five minute videos you watch, and then you take a three question quiz and you get gold, silver, or bronze star based on how you did. And the whole family competes against each other. So we loved it. But the whole first part of it is, here's what's about to happen when you get to college. You're going to face, on average, the average college out there, it's about 20 secular professors or uh, liberal professors to one conservative professor. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a huge bias. It's going to be major. And he talks about the different fields of you know, doctors, where they stand, lawyers, where they stand, and these different professions of where they're at, how many liberals versus how many conservatives, and then college professors. And it's like, boom liberal all i mean the best colleges might have six maybe seven liberal professors to one conservative professor so your children need to know why they believe Mm -hmm. what they believe right it's not enough to have your faith it's not enough to have daddy's faith they're going to stand before god one day and they don't get to hold your hand say okay what do i say to him right Uh uh-uh it's them and god You, you You've really got to let them know this is important. They don't get to heaven on your coattails. That's right. They don't get to heaven because you've got all this faith. It's got to be their own. And that's scary because mm-hmm. so many of us, we, we feel like, well, we're responsible for, you're not responsible for their faith. You're responsible for training them. That's right. For giving them instruction. God is responsible for their faith. I've seen great parents have terrible kids. Mm-hmm. I've seen terrible parents have great kids. Yep. <laughs> I've seen terrible parents have terrible kids, and I've said, seen great parents have great kids. So you see it all. And right. the only reason kids turn out is by the grace of God. Right. You're responsible to do your very best to be that great parent. Doesn't guarantee a great kid. Mm-hmm. You're responsible to be the great parent. And to actually do what God has called you to do. 
and encourage them to have their own faith. <clears throat> that means, honestly, watching them fail and loving them in failure. Mm-hmm. That means watching them mess up and saying, man, you know, well, yeah, we're going to have consequences, but man, I sure do love you. No, I get it. I, yeah, yeah. Well, you really bummed that one up, didn't you? Just <laughs> loving them. And I've told my kids multiple times, I say, look, I am not expecting perfection. I am a sinner and I'm going to have to apologize to you for things <clears throat> just like you're going to have to apologize to me for things. And so let's go through this life together. I, I know I'm your leader. I also want to be your friend. I want to be your encourager. And I really want to walk this journey with you. I'll give you all the advice I can. And for my kids around, uh, for my girls, it was around 12 and 13 years old. I really, and I told them along the way, I said, listen, I'm going to let you make more and more decisions now. And so, and it was frustrating for them because they'd say, hey, dad, what do you think? Can I, can I go do this or can I do? And I say, I tell you what, I'm going to give you my advice. And then the decision is up to you. And I will support whatever decision you make, even if it's not what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I started watching them make their own decisions from 13 and my oldest is 17. And I'm blown away with her maturity and how she thinks through and processes things. And my 15 year old, and she blows my mind with her. I mean, she's reading books about God that I didn't even think of reading books about God when I was in high school. And so I'm really trying to just say, look, this is you. It's between you and God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm responsible to God for me. I'm responsible for God to God for trying to teach you. But man, now it's your relationship with God is your relationship with God. That's your responsibility. And yeah. um, I don't know if that helps anybody out there, but I know that's certainly what I believe has helped yeah. my wife, Tanya, and I uh, um, help our kids understand uh, that, that they are the ones responsible to God uh, for their actions. Yeah. And that's to me, that's the best discipline. If it's just, you're going to disappoint me, you're going to, you know, that's, that's my, our family name. It's like, yeah, well, who cares? I right. get it, but I think that's prideful. It's look, they're going to be accountable to God one day, right. and that's the ultimate source. And and use that with love and gentleness, because God was very loving and gentle with you. Sorry, I'm going to start preaching if I keep going. No, that's okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> preach on. Oh well, I would let you preach for the rest of the day, but unfortunately, we're out of time um, for the podcast. So. Thank you again, Eric, for being back on with me today. You are such an encouragement. I love your ministry, um, creationtoday.org, correct? That's it, creationtoday.org. Creationtoday.org. And um, for those listening, if you are... um, if you want to help support their ministry, um, go to their website. Uh, You know, as any nonprofit ministry, there are many of them, um, but there are some that just really are doing amazing work for God's kingdom. um, And this is one of them. And so if you guys feel prompted to do so, go on there and support what they are doing because the work that they're doing is important. Um, So Eric, thank you again. We really appreciate you being with us. And uh, very kind of you. Thank you guys very much. And I'll echo that. Hey, nonprofits work based on other people. It's it's people doing work, earning money, and supporting things like Schoolhouse uh, Rocked that that allow them to do what they do. So I'll just echo that right back, man. Be somebody. If you can't be the missionary, support the missionary. You know, That's my, right. my dad used to say, it takes 451 ground personnel to keep one fighter pilot in the air for one hour during uh, in in when when you're in the military when you're at war. Wow. It's like whoa. <laughs> so. Be one of the four. If you can't be the one up there, if you can't be the one doing the podcast like Yvette, be the one supporting it. Be the one making it happen. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And you guys, thank you for listening today. You are an amazing blessing. We love you guys. And um, have a great week. Go love your kids. Point their hearts towards Jesus. And we will see you back here next week. We'll talk to you later.
Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations. Christian homeschooling simplified.